Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. We're on this podcast. It's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. In today's podcast, if you're familiar with our three-spoke model, meaning the mechanical side of things, the developmental side of things, and then the systemic side, and I can unfold that and unwrap that a little bit later, but we're going to talk about the systemic side of migraines, and namely, we're going to be looking at triggers, all right? So what does it mean to have a migraine trigger? Does that mean that's the source of your headache or migraine? Is that cueing you in to the thing that you need to solve, the problem you need to solve, and then all your problems will go away? Uh, Does that mean that your migraine is different than the person next to you that has different triggers? How do we understand these triggers, and what does it mean to have a trigger that impacts our body systemically. That's what we're going to dive into. So real quick, I'm going to review our framework. So the first, uh, the first spoke in our three spoke model is that we want to address the mechanical side of things, the, the, the areas in your neck, shoulders, jaw that are actually causing the pain signal themselves. The second thing is we want to look developmentally. The number one, uh, the number one cause of developmentally having an issue that would increase the amount of tension through your neck and prevent us from finding the relief we're looking for, at least impede it to some extent, would be airway. Uh, Maybe we're talking about hypermobility within joints. Maybe we're talking about the visual system needing some work. And so that's a category where we partner with other providers to really focus in on the areas of your body that as you develop, maybe didn't develop the way they should and cater to increased neck tension. And that third, which we're going to be talking about today, is the systemic side. So the environment that you experience the pain in can fluctuate. And this is where we talk about thresholds. And if your threshold's really low, that means systemically your body has things that are impacting your ability to tolerate pain. So when we talk about triggers, when people talk about triggers, they like they oftentimes will use their trigger synonymous with this is causing my symptoms. Or if I will, if I explain to someone how headache or migraine symptoms can from come from the neck, they'll say, well, mine are hormonal. Mine are hormonal migraines, meaning they're, they're implying that hormones are the cause or they'll say, well, mine are triggered by food. So how can it be my neck? Or maybe uh, pressure changes. Uh, the the pressure change is the cause, and so how how is my neck involved if it's just when the pressure changes? Uh, really, what I need to do is just find an area of the country that uh, I don't have to deal with as frequent pressure changes. Or maybe it's stress. Maybe you say, well, stress is my trigger. Stress is the reason I get headaches or migraines, and that's the underlying cause. So I just, I don't know how to get rid of stress, so I'm just stuck dealing with these things. Now, in each of these scenarios, I want to infuse some hope because it only impacts, for most of those, it only impacts that third spoke in the overall picture of someone that's experiencing headache or migraine symptoms, meaning it's only that systemic side of things that most of these triggers will fall into. So we don't necessarily have to address every single spoke on this three-spoke system. We, we do have to do something to one of them to see some change, and ideally we can incorporate uh, improvements in all of them to have the best results and to feel the best. Um, But 
For example, uh, I have I have a few patients currently that uh, can't necessarily breathe out of their nose, and so they don't sleep that well at night. And they do have increased tension in their jaw and their neck from that. But going through our process, they're they virtually headache or migraine free. Um, so they've made 90, 95% progress in their symptoms just by treating the mechanical side of things. Now, when we think long-term, it is going to be beneficial for them to go through uh, the, the process of improving their airway uh, developmentally in that compartment. And then systemically too, it's going to be beneficial for them to understand maybe their diet, maybe hormonally things need to be impacted. Um, so looking at the whole picture is important for overall health, but we don't have to have all three of these dialed in completely for people to feel better. All right. So when it comes to um, having someone that has food as a trigger or hormones as a trigger, now we can address the hormones and and in the Western medicine model, that's definitely what's done. I mean, they're through medication um, or through hormone replacements, we're changing uh, the way our body's interacting with these hormones. And sometimes that helps, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, in the in the situation with foods, we can avoid certain foods, and that can help, but it's not the complete story. There's still going to be something there, okay? So what I'm going to talk about is how these can all be uh, interconnected, okay? And how if you've tried the diet changes, and if you've tried removing certain foods, and if you've tried impacting your hormones, and if you've tried avoiding pressure changes, and you still aren't finding the result you're looking for, it's likely because you need to look at these other two segments of our overall health to really have an impact on your situation. Meaning we need to have someone uh, physically working on your neck. We need to address the neck issues. We need to have a good home program so that you recognize what the what are, what the things that you're doing that increase tension and how you can reduce tension. And then we need to think of the things that developmentally you could impact, whether that's vision, um, hypermobility, uh, you have airway things that need to be addressed. And so all three camps need to be considered. They don't necessarily just function in isolation to their full potential, okay? So in my world, if someone has a a significant neck issue and we know that if we resolve this neck issue, the the pain should uh, dramatically reduce or go away, but there's a barrier of Maybe your body is, it's, it's just addicted to sugar and you love sugar and, and you crave a dessert. And once you eat the dessert, like ice cream or whatever, you have the, the sugary drink, you're, that's a migraine trigger for you. Okay. So we can reduce the amount of tension running through your neck. We can improve mobility so we can silent or at least quiet down the pain signal itself. But if your threshold after you eat that bowl of ice cream drops so low, that now you start to feel the pain, even though it was, uh, even though it's less pain, you could still have those symptoms. And so it's important for us at, at Novera to talk about these things and for you to be aware. All right. So there's not necessarily a trigger. There's not a trigger that I would put in the camp of causing your actual symptoms. Okay. So I was explaining this to a patient earlier this week when we think of cause, what's causing your symptoms? What's causing the the pain signal that's sent to your head or behind your eye or in your temple or uh, across like a band in your forehead? It's very, very, very likely. So um, 
uh, there's a high, high probability that the actual pain signal is coming from the musculoskeletal system. Okay. So that means your neck, your jaw, muscles within your neck, muscles within your shoulders, uh, the tension that you're carrying. So these things being irritated, having some inflammation, sending a pain signal, that's what you're actually feeling. Okay. Now in that environment, so we're just going to assume that the pain is constant, like a constant pain signal. Your brain and your body has the ability to drown that out and ignore it. And it has the ability to pay attention to it. Okay. Now what's going to determine that is your threshold at that time. And so there's two variables here. There's the pain signal itself, which we're going to say is staying constant and what's fluctuating in this conversation will be the, your threshold impacted by a lot of these triggers that people uh, assume are the causes. All right. Hey guys, if you are listening to this podcast, the chances are you have headaches or migraines and you're searching for relief outside of medication. Well, maybe you've tried different products on the market or devices, traction units, things like that, but they haven't really scratched that itch and provided you with the relief you're looking for. Well, what we've done here at Novera is taken the principles that we teach and abide by in our in-person care and come up with a product that allows you to apply those same pressures and improving mobility to the upper part of your neck at home. You see, it's called the SAM device, Simple Affordable Migraine Relief. And the device allows you to improve mobility to the upper part of your neck. And we are excited to announce that it's available today on our website. Visit NoveraHeadacheCenter.com. Click on the SAM device page where you can look at videos and learn more about the SAM product and purchase it for yourself and start treating your headaches and migraines more naturally without medication. Again, that's NoveraHeadacheCenter.com and click on the SAM device page to purchase your very own SAM device today. Now, one of the triggers that's not necessarily um, impacting threshold, but it's more actually impacting the the pain level itself is pressure changes. So if you think of a joint that's swollen, like someone that had a knee replacement or has arthritis, they feel the pressure change uh, in the atmosphere. So the barometric pressure drops and the, the pressure inside the joint now feels like it's, it's greater. And so whatever inflammation irritation was there now feels stiff and it hurts a little bit more. So the same concept can be true for the neck, where if you have an issue with the joint in your neck, the barometric pressure drops, you're more likely to feel that like your neck is stiff. You start to get a headache, things like that. The other trigger is positional. So if you sit or if you uh, sleep in a weird position and you wake up and you feel like you have a headache, that is more mechanical. And so that points to uh, you increasing the actual pain level, not necessarily impacting your threshold with those. Now, other triggers, let's say food, for example, so sugar, gluten, dairy, depending on how your gut responds to these uh, food items in your diet, they can increase the amount of inflammation. And so it's not as if those foods are just bad for everyone. Um, I think I would say in moderation, uh, most any food should be okay, but a lot of us have been um, instructing our gut to respond to these foods uh, more than we should. And so our gut has learned to like these foods. And so we, we can't tolerate necessarily the, the amount 
of, um, of gluten or dairy or sugar that we're consuming. And it sort of leads to this level of inflammation throughout our body, uh, stemming from our gut. If you want to learn more about that, uh, Find the podcast where I interview functional medicine providers, providers like Dr. Morris, um, who is an expert in that in that realm, and we'll have them back on and interview them again so we can understand those things better. Uh, we have hormone cycles that are commonly blamed in, in women as the cause of their of their migraines. I have hormonal migraines. That's a diagnosis within the Western medicine model. And so what's happening there is there's a five-day window. So a couple days before, maybe three days after um, your period where you have a drop in estrogen levels. Now, estrogen is a buffer for headache or migraine symptoms, for pain really. And so if your estrogen is at a higher level, you're, you're less likely to experience your symptoms. So your threshold increases with estrogen essentially. And as it drops, you're more vulnerable. And so there's not necessarily anything with estrogen or hormones that's causing you to have pain behind your right eye. Estrogen doesn't really do that. It doesn't um, go away. And then you have pain behind your right eye. There's something mechanical that's causing the pain behind your right eye and estrogen dropping just uh, puts your body in an environment where you feel that more. So uh, the, the hormone changes would be a trigger that would, or would change the sensitivity level, which would then cause you to experience those, the pain level that was already there. Now people can have an imbalance in their hormones. Uh, if you go back to, um, I've, we've got podcasts on, on hormones and regulating hormones. A lot of that does come back to diet. So like functional medicine, uh, maybe a naturopathic provider would be able to, to help guide you in that. If you feel like you're stuck, uh, finding that, uh, that relief or that, uh, guidance within the Western medicine, uh, model, then, uh, I would, I would search outside that and, and look for a, a balanced hormonal, um, when, when you get your blood work done, if you have a saliva test to test your hormones and, uh, and it doesn't look quite right, I would, I would pursue that because, uh, regulating and balancing hormones is an important thing when it comes to thresholds. Another thing is heat or temp temperature changes. So what we know about migraine symptoms is that the blood vessels within our brain are sensitive to it. Uh, a lot of the medication that we receive, or maybe even um, things in foods like nitrates, will actually impact the uh, vasodilation or constriction um, meaning the opening and kind of closing in a sense of, uh, of our arteries within, uh, that surround our brain. And so if those blood vessels are hypersensitive, um, to the, the vasodilation or constriction, then an impact on those like quick temperature changes, um, heat to cold, cold to hot, um, spikes in temperature, being out on a hot day, those things can really, they, they can be uncomfortable for people when they already have this pain signal that their body's dealing with. And just briefly, the reason that is, is, uh, our brain picks up this pain signal from the neck, let's say the upper part of the neck. And as, as the brain picks up that signal, it's trying to decipher where it's coming from. And there's actually a part of the brainstem that also picks up uh, not only the sensation from the neck, but also sensation from those blood vessels. And so that sort of overlap of signaling um, not only means the the neck might be hypersensitive, but those blood vessels. And so 
If one area is impacted, just because it's hypersensitive means um, you're gonna you're gonna feel that you could potentially feel the change in temperature as your as your blood vessel and your body's and your body responds to that. Um, exertion is kind of the same thing. So when you when you exercise, if you have exertion headaches, uh, and it's it's more so like your heart rate gets up and you you're pushing your body, and then that's when you get a headache or a migraine. I mean, there's potentially some mechanical stuff going on there, but the exertion itself increasing, uh, potentially the, the, uh, pressure through those blood vessels, the demand through those blood vessels can be a trigger for people. We've also got things like, um, the psychological side of pain itself and how we perceive pain. So I've had a patient, uh, this was probably a year ago or so, but, uh, he told me that, he was so fearful that he had a life-threatening illness or a tumor or something in his head that was life-threatening. And it wasn't until a DO provided him with this explanation of, hey, your neck could be causing these symptoms. And once he heard that, so the DO did nothing to, to really treat him. It just was an explanation of what could be happening. He felt such a, like a peace and this relief that his symptoms actually died down. And I think if I remember right, they either went away or like were substantially improved. And so your understanding of what's happening, your brain can either elevate and heighten the response of pain, or it can uh, reduce it and calm it down. And so if the thought is that my neck is tight and it's just really irritated, but I'm feeling that in my head or my face, uh, we think, how do I accommodate to my neck? How do I improve that? This isn't life-threatening. It just feels really, really awful. That's just because my neck is really angry. As opposed to getting this this debilitating pain that uh, we think, okay, well, um, I, I had the MRI, I had the x-ray, I had the CT. They can't find anything. What's going on? Am I going to live with this forever? I don't I don't know what's happening. Why? And I'm, I'm losing days of my life. And uh, it, it starts to spiral, and the psychological component of that, and the fear of pain, and the fear of not of not knowing what's happening, can be debilitating itself, and can actually impact your scenario. So, I, I put that in the trigger category, or at least in the systemic side of things, where when we're dealing with someone, we want to um, we want to make sure that they understand how resilient the body is, because it's very resilient, and we want to make sure that we don't. Um, cause problems where there weren't any problems, meaning we want to be appropriate in how we communicate what we're finding, but we don't want to use hyperbole or escalate the patient to be being fearful of a scenario they don't need to be fearful of. The other thing that um, kind of rolls uh, into that psychological component, but um, stress. So a lot of people will say that stress is the their their trigger, the source of their symptoms. And stress with with work, with life, uh, it impacts uh, hormonally the environment that our body experiences pain in. So if um, yeah, if if you're at work and your your boss is coming down on you and you're just uh, you're in a stressful environment and that's when you're triggered, again, don't think like, oh, I, I'm, I just can't escape stress. I have to ex- escape stress to get rid of this. That's not necessarily true. I mean, 
there are people that have very high levels of stress. It can be trickier to get them out of this scenario, but if we can Im- improve mobility and function through through your neck, jaw, and shoulders so that the pain signal itself reduces, even in a stressful environment, you that doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a headache or a migraine. Um, and then finally, I don't know if I'd put this in the triggers category, but more of a hypersensitivity. Um, we think of bright lights and sounds. So the idea here is less so that it's impacting your threshold, but more so that you're hypersensitive to any other sensory input that your brain is receiving when you're in the middle of a headache or a migraine, or maybe if you're on the, on the edge of one and the pain thre- the pain's high, the threshold's low, and they're, they're just hovering right close to each other. And if they cross, then you experience a migraine. If you, if you have bright lights, like flashing lights, as you drive down the road, the sun hits you just right or loud sounds, um, those can push you over the edge. And it's really just your brain's not able to cope with both inputs. So it's getting this sort of loud signal of pain from the neck and it's able to kind of drown it out or ignore it. But as soon as you get uh, a flash of bright light or loud noises, it's, uh, it says it's too much. I can't handle this. And so it's the smoke alarm in the house example where the smoke alarm's going off and, uh, you know, there is a, there is a fire and then you have a toddler that's pulling on your leg and yelling at you or something like you just can't deal with, with that much at one time. And so your brain's just overloaded, uh, with these different inputs. And, um, and so the, the idea there is we calm down the one input from the neck, the pain input, uh, and then you become much more tolerant to bright lights, bright sounds, because your, your brain can deal with that, uh, when it arises. So that's the systemic side of migraines. If, um, if, if these describe you, if these triggers are your triggers, which are very, very common, most of the people we see have these, um, they go through our process. We can address these in different ways. There are other providers, for example, with like um, the diet stuff and gut health. We would refer out for that to have an expert look at that. Um, and and then in other departments too with, with different types but hormonally, uh, maybe we send you to um, – a, uh, a doc that will specialize. We, there's a few in town, but, um, women's health and, and understands how to naturally and, um, holistically and through your health, looking at overall health, rather than just trying to manipulate hormones, how to uh, balance your hormones. Um, and so we want to, we, we, we do want to address the triggers. We want to impact your threshold as best we can. We do that a lot through education so that you can then feel empowered to make these decisions, find the providers, and get the help you need. Um, any of these scenarios, any of these triggers, if, if you've thought this is what's causing my symptoms, do not overlook the neck. Do not overlook the jaw. Do not overlook uh, the shoulders, because the pain actually has to be coming from somewhere. The first spoke in our system is that um, the mechanical side, the pain has to be coming from somewhere. And so we want to figure out where that is and address it in addition to these other aspects so that you can look at your overall health and understand how to get better. 
Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. That wraps it up for today's episode. Uh, I hope you understand the systemic side of migraines better. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to see it continue to impact people's lives, uh, I love doing it. I appreciate you, the listeners, doing it. You are my my marketing plan. So what that means is you have to um, provide me with a five-star review. You have to tell your friends and you have to spread the word. I want you to share a podcast you like with someone you know that could benefit from it, and that will help us get the word out. Uh, we've got a big, big healthcare system that, uh, in one sense, we're working against, meaning uh, people that are stuck taking medication, feeling like there's no hope, and that system. Um, we need we need to push into that, and the bit and the way we do that is really by raising awareness and through education. So I'd appreciate your help. Thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. Where as always. On this podcast, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I know that you have a lot of options in how you spend your time and how you consume information around headaches and migraines. I just wanted a quick ask because the only way that we grow this podcast and continue this mission is if you subscribe, share this podcast, and of course, leave us a five-star review. Those are cherished and it makes my day when I see someone's story come through as a five-star review and how this podcast podcast has been able to help you. Thank you so much again for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast, and I'll see you next week.